You're now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Everybody, welcome to the Sound of Sanity. This is Nathan Alvers, and your humble and obedient host, joining you for yet another episode. And I couldn't be more pleased to be doing it. As yeah, well, I could be. <laughs> Just gonna say that from the outset. We got Pastor Jacob Menzel over there, hey. a real ray of sunshine. <laughs> How you doing today? It's your Jake? fault. You're the one that called Q in this morning. <laughs> well, I was actually expecting that we would have our beloved engineer Benjamin J. Solzer here. I was ready to have a good day and a happy day, and now I'm sitting over here and I feel a migraine coming on. Just to explain to the audience, generally we had be- have Benjamin J. Solzer come in, but today we had his considerably... Who I love. Right. Yeah, everybody loves. He's like Raymond. Everybody loves him. Or Lucy. <laughs> uh, considerably better than either of them in my book. Right. All that's neither here nor there. We had his considerably less beloved doppelganger, Benjamin Q. Solzer, come through the studio today. Um, but we got rid of him, Jake, so... You're sure he's not going to come back? I think my awesome idea will take care of it. I got rid of him. Who loves you, baby? If you took care of it, it must mean that you love me. There's, there's a cold compress right there. Oh, in there. thanks. Um, <laughs> listen, folks, you may remember an episode from the early days of Sanity about... Uh, something we called poppertunism. A word we coined right here on Sound of Sanity. Poppertunism is when certain Christians seize on something from pop culture to opportunistically get clicks and likes and shares for their articles and stuff. Yeah, and which it's is, just utter garbage. Well, actually, Jake, I think it's a tip-top terrific way of sharing the gospel. Well, you know, organizations like the Gospel Coalition tend to think so. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't actually think it's a tip-top. <laughs> I was being sarcastic. The Gospel Coalition actually just released another article that that seemed opportunistic. Pretty opportunistic. Very opportunistic. Mm-hmm. It's called The Joyful Longing of Paul McCartney's Carpool Karaoke. It's by a gentleman named Brett McCracken. And uh, this article is about one of those, you know, car- carpool karaoke, right, Jake? Yep, yep. James, James Corden, Corden yep. takes his late, late show. immense talent and gets into a car <laughs> with it and gets another person in there and they is drive that what around. You call that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they sing songs from... It's a cute little yeah, show. No, it's a cute little segment. But 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 according to this article... It's much, much more. It, it, it touches on our longing for transcendence. Nathan, mm-hmm. you and I have immense amounts of patience for this kind of thing, and our patience is only growing. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> this article is really just garbage. And obviously, we could beat up on this sort of thing all day. But actually... That's where Mr. Benjamin Q. Solser comes into the mix, Jake. Yay! Why did you think this was a good idea? I didn't. He comes. I don't. I'm not responsible for when Q. Solser shows up. I For our audience members who may not know, usually the show is a three-hander. It's me, it's Jake, it's Benjamin J. Solzer. Sometimes Benjamin Q. Solzer, he shows up instead, and that's, that's always interesting. A cyclone is mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Benjamin Q. Solzer is not interesting. He is a catastrophe. Well... Benjamin Q, self-admitted, vainglorious self-promoter, uh, the author of dozens of self-published books, books which that we're sure have sold at least upwards of zero copies. Upwards of zero copies. Um, he he regularly likes to likes to he does sure does like to submit them to Warhorn Media though. <laughs> he always comes in, shows up to the studio, and tries to pitch them to us while we're in the middle of recording a mm-hmm. segment. Well, here's the good news, Jake. No Benjamin Q. Solzer, because I had the bright idea before we started the program to send him out on a mission. You know, First Church of Sanityville. 
just oh, down yeah. the street. Yeah. Uh, they, they've got this program called uh, the Popcorn I think I've heard that, yeah. Coalition. We've played some segments on yeah. our show before, and they're actually dealing with similar themes to the Gospel Coalition today. Enough. Very um, similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so even as we speak, what we did is we sent Benjamin Q. He's going to investigate with the Popcorn Coalition over at First Church of Sanityville. I think they're right in the middle of their program right now. He'll maybe ask some folks on the street of Sanityville after that what, he, what, he, what they think about the article. It's, it's just going to be a, a great Ben on the Street kind of segment today. Okay, yeah, so think, let's I think it's gonna be great. go ahead and check in on the Popcorn Coalition then, shall we? Yeah, we'll do that. We'll see what Ben digs up. All right, on to the Popcorn Coalition. They're in the middle of their broadcast right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Popcorn Coalition. Coming at you from the First Church of Sanityville, my name, it's Pastor Kevin. And I'm Pastor Evan. And I'm Pastor Stu. The internet can be a depressing place, but every so often, it can be a catalyst for joy. Case in point, the recent Paul McCartney segment on The Late Late Show with James Corden. There is something about the joy of this clip that is deeper than mere diversion. A joy that is satisfying because it's unsatisfying. What makes this segment so beautiful? In part, it's McCartney. It's the Beatles. It's the ultimate sing-along for a hyper-fragmented age. In a world where no two Spotify or Netflix libraries are the same, it prompts in us a longing that feels like a having. Christians should take note of why something like this, joyfully longing, lovingly rendered, silly and serious and well done and melodic, resonates so widely. In our worship practices and art making, we should be mindful of how hungry people are for experiences beyond the trifles of fleeting pleasures. And when art confronts us with those something more longings, it often feels like joy. Excuse me, sirs. Uh, we're in the middle of recording a talk radio show here. Oh, good. I was afraid I was interrupting something of value. Uh, may I say a thousand pardons for the intrusion, pastors? Sir, this is a program where we strive to, to meet the immediate needs of ordinary people. You can't just burst in here off the street and ask for something. <laughs> well, then just call me Shaherazad, because I'm begging pardon number 1001. What's your name, brother? Benjamin Q. Solzer's the name? <laughs> Shooting down the golden eagle of fame and fortune from the grim skies of free market capitalism is my game. You know, that makes so much sense. And wait, but did you say Benjamin Q. Solzer? The... Benjamin Q. Sulcer? Guilty as charged. We love your books, Benjamin. The, the power of positive Calvinism changed my entire view of sanctification. My smoking hot wife still uses the total depravity workout. And I keep a copy of your book, The Bedside Table Book, A Complete Guide to Bedside Tables, on my bedside table. Ah, yes, one of the more esoteric yet satisfying works in my oeuvre, if I do say so myself. Wow, your books are so great. You must be, like, famous the world over. What's it like to be the Benjamin Q. Sulzer? In a word, castanets. You know, like, like salsa dancing. Shake it, shake it, shake it. Well, will you autograph my platypus? Well, of course, Pastor. I'd be glad. Here, here you go. Uh, and if I had a nickel for every time someone asked me to do that, let me tell you. What a treat, listeners. We have the Benjamin Q. Sulcer stopping by in our studio today. Benjamin, how can we help you? What brings you here today? You guys know I'm <laughs> kind of a star on the Sound of Sanity oh. podcast, right? <laughs> we, we wish that podcast, frankly, we wish that podcast was just you. You're not on it enough. I know. Anyway, I was hanging out at the studio with Jake and Nathan. 
my best friends, and your program. So sorry about that, by the way. I don't know why you would be. They're, they're great friends to me. Uh, anyway, your program came on WQED Sanityville. We heard you talking about carpool karaoke, and Jake noticed that everything you were saying seemed like a direct quote from an article by the Gospel Coalition called uh, The Joyful Longing of Paul McCartney's Carpool Karaoke. Well, yes, Benjamin. Actually, as you say, everything we were saying just now, before you came through the door, was actually a direct quote from that article by the Gospel Coalition. You were just quoting the article? What did you think it was, a parody or something? Certainly not, Benjamin. It was all direct quotes from the Gospel Coalition. We thought it was so good, we just wanted to quote it directly. Like that thing about a longing that feels like a having? That's a quote. That part about a joy that is satisfying because it's unsatisfying? That's a quote. So some of what we heard you say was direct quotes. Everything was a direct quote from the Gospel Coalition. Oh, absolutely everything, Benjamin. Oh, well, uh, okay. I've got a copy of the Gospel Coalition article here with me as it happens, and you're... I just want to check again. I'm just looking here. You were just... You were just reading it, basically. Oh, we, we gladly admit it, Benjamin. It puts to words things we could never express ourselves on our own. All right, well, you know what? Uh, Jake and Nathan... They didn't care for that article at all. Uh, they said it was, what did they say? Really, 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 really dumb. That's right. To compare our longing to Jesus to an episode of Carpool Karaoke, they thought it was so dumb, they didn't even want to do an episode about how dumb it was. Whoa, uh, that's, um, first of all, not hurtful at all. Second of all, you have to think about these things. Uh, Do Jake and Nathan also think that it was dumb that Jesus compared God to a shepherd in the parables? Or or even that God was compared in the parables to a slave master? Benjamin, what's more evil than slavery? And yet God used slavery as a metaphor for him. Are you trying to tell us that slavery is better than Paul McCartney? If you'd said Ringo, okay, we might have granted you your point. But we're not talking about Ringo. The Bible compares God to all kinds of things that were in the culture back then, and it was an agriculture culture. An agriculture, if you will. (laughs) That's so funny, Kevin. Uh, Yes, with sheep and shepherds and slaves and masters and fishes and fishermen. So that's how they talked about God. But we don't live in an agriculture culture. We live in an entertainment culture. A culture of carpool karaoke and Saturday Night Live and Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, I mean, sure, but there are limits, right? I mean, you you would never... The Gospel Coalition, they would never compare Jesus to Christian Grey. (laughs) Benjamin, you clearly haven't read the article Fifty Shades of Love. A masterpiece published on February 13th, 2018. That's right, an actual amazing masterpiece from the Gospel Coalition. And, And what it did, Benjamin, is it actually compared Jesus Christ, or as they called him, Christian Love, to Christian Grey of the Fifty Shades series. Personally, I think comparing Christian Grey to Christian Love is a great idea. Yeah, it's not like Christian Grey wins. Christian Love wins. But that's neither here nor there. Thank you, Evan. You're welcome, Kevin. Benjamin, you go back to that that Jake and that Nathan and, and you tell them Jesus was a man of the people. He was, he was for the common man. And the common man back in Jesus' time happened to be slaves, shepherds, and fishermen. 
fishermen, so of course those were the terms he talked in because Jesus loved people, unlike Nathan and Jake. Yes, maybe you should ask Nathan and Jake how they speak the language of the common man today. Benjamin, I don't like to do this. I didn't think when I got up today that we'd be having a carefrontation, but I'm just going to say it. Our way of reaching people is better than Jake and Nathan's way of not. Oh, we know Pastor Jake and Mr. Nathan, don't we, gentlemen? Oh, they, yes. <laughs> they sit over in their studio, making their little podcast sound of sanity, just making fun of everybody. Mocking other people by putting words into their mouths that they would never say. Did you hear that episode on the Revoice Conference? Oh, they came out of the gate completely angry and sarcastic, and they never let up. Even if Revoice got some things wrong, it still deserves some compassion for trying to get some things right. And even if it got everything wrong, doesn't the good book say to love your enemies? What happened, Benjamin? Tell me what happened to Hebrews 12:14, pursue peace with all men. Or Romans 12:18, if it's possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. Or Colossians 4, 6, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Well, yeah, but those are, that's the Bible. But I mean, I, I don't always see eye to eye with Jake and Nathan, and it's okay to disagree with people, right? It's okay just to disagree with them? No, it's not. Now, now, now hold your horses, Stu. We can disagree, of course, but... The key is we have to do it with charity. Oh, you said it, Evan. That is the key. Just like we have to reach people. Our our primary goal, let's not forget, we have to be reaching people all the time with the gospel. And to do that, we have to have charity. That is the key. We have to meet people where they're at. And we have to use the things they're familiar with. Why, Paul wasn't afraid to use an idol in Athens to talk about the things of God. <laughs> Let's face it, Benjamin. That's all the Gospel Coalition is doing with Paul McCartney. Man, when Jake and Nathan said that article was garbage, I thought they were right. That seemed right. But and I listened to those guys talk. They make a fair point, too. So we do have to reach people where they're at. Can't just uh, cut off communication at the knees by alienating them with sarcasm and mockery all the time. But I'm not sure I can buy into what they said about Jake and Nathan being mean. Well, there's only one thing to do. Just as Jake and Nathan instructed me, I will now ask an assortment of people about the article and what they think of it. Gathering a plethora of views, perhaps making for a helpful podcast in the process. Meanwhile, it was very nice of those pastors to let me set up a display of my books in the lobby here. Benjamin Q. Solcer, you genius. Is there an easier path to fame and fortune than self-publishing? It's exciting to contemplate selling my 10,000th book. Arguably as exciting as contemplating selling my first. Hey, look, it's that punk. Hey, punk. What? What's his name? I, I think maybe it's uh, Punk Face McGlassbrain. Hey, McGlassbrain. Is your name uh, Punk Face McGlassbrain? Oh, hi, you guys. Uh, no, I'm Benjamin Q. Solcer. Uh, so close. What brings you fellows here? I didn't take you for church-going types, but uh, here you are in the lobby. We're the he-manologians, like the manliest Christian men in Sanityville. Like, we smoke pipes and drink whiskey and talk about he-manology. And I have a smoking hot wife. <laughs> Pick Glassbrain's wife is probably like one of those singing fishes. <laughs> Booyah! 
one of those singing fishes and he probably puts lipstick on it. <laughs> lipstick. Uh, <laughs> listen here, McGlassbrain. Yeah, uh, like, why don't you shut up for one second, McGlassbrain? Seriously, McGlassbrain. Uh, yeah, anyway, guys. So look, I was just thinking. Mm, that's a good habit, McGlassbrain. It's a habit I practice at least once a week. Right, well, anyway. When I try to remember my AOL instant messenger password. Uh, hey, I'm not sure AIM is a thing anymore. And... That prevents me from trying to remember my password. How? Uh, maybe you guys could help me. Sure, McGlass Brain, we'll help you. Yeah, maybe we could take your glass brain and grind it back into sand. And then we could call you <laughs> the Sandman. <laughs> oh, Sandman. That was awesome. <laughs> wow, yeah. Well, look, my brain already feels like sand from this article. Let me, uh, let me, like, see that. Those are some big words. Uh, yeah. McCartney. Paul McCartney, the Beatles. Uh, hey, man. I can sum this article up in two words. Bo Gus. It's all about, like, superficial joy. Like, where's the mention of hell, McGlassbrain? Where's the mention of wrath, McGlassbrain? Where's the mention of depravity, McGlassbrain? Yeah, man. We think about depravity all the time because that's what true he-manologians do. <laughs> yeah, it's like Rocky Raccoon. He wasn't ready for the real world. He thought he would just walk into a saloon and steal back his girl. But he found out the hard way. That's not how life works. What about Maxwell's silver hammer, huh? Maxwell totally got it. And he had a silver hammer. Which is totally awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well. Or what about Octopus's garden, huh? Octopuses live under all that pressure. You think he can just walk in an Octopus's garden? Yeah. No. No way. There's too much pressure. Time to get out of the yellow submarine. And take a walk in the Octopus's garden of sinful human nature. I got news for you, Lucy. You ain't going to the sky. That's what's wrong with this article, man. Yeah, you're not a Christian unless you're reminding people of their depravity 24-7. Eight days a week. I am the walrus. Uh, no. I am the walrus. Uh, actually, I am the walrus. Uh, wait, what's that got to do with depravity? Nothing. We're, we're just the walrus. Obladi, obla, shut up, huh. big glass brain. Yeah, why don't you take those broken wings and learn to fly? <laughs> glass brain. Ha. Yeah. Hey, Jude, big glass brain. Oh, dearie me. Those guys. So they think the problem with this article is that it's not all about depravity and evil and horrible things and stuff. I, I don't know about that. Onward and upward. <laughs> take these broken wings and learn to fly. That's right. Oh, there's that coffee shop again. The one where I met that enchantress and she could hardly keep her hands off me. Well, I've only stopped in two or three times today to see if she was there, so it's probably time again. <laughs> Let's say two times and third time is the charm. Oh, hey, Ollie. On your way to Hrothgar's Hall? Uh, hi. That's that's right, Mr. Q. Sulcer. Well, I might join you there later. Your boss, Seamus, uh, Mr. O'Reilly... He won't be around today at the bar, will he? Uh, well, Baba O'Reilly only stops by sometimes on Tuesdays. Oh, good, good. Anyway, I have business in the coffee shop first. Uh, say, Mr. Q. Solcer, you might want to think about actually buying a cup of coffee today. Some of the customers were saying if you kept loitering, they were going to have to change the name of the shop from Perkin Bean to <laughs> Jerkin Bean. Oh, <laughs> they do sound like jerks. Actually... Confidentially, Ollie, the reason I've been coming around four, five, six, seven times a day is because I think that Ricky girl might want to run into me again. I wouldn't want her to get too desperate, if you know what I mean. Well, I wouldn't spend any more time here today, Mr. Q. Solster. I mean, you may well remember me telling you that Ricky is not that interested in, uh, in, uh, 
certain types of fellas. Well, what's she looking for? Uh, I, I don't know. Somebody with brains, I guess. Somebody sort of deep and wise. <laughs> deep and wise, huh? Check. Check. Uh, yeah. Anyway, she, she ain't here anyway, and that's the truth. I'm ready, Ollie. Uh, because I'm, I'm walking her home. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Hello there, Ricky. What brings you around these parts? Were you looking for moi? I was, but the zookeeper says the baboons aren't on display today. Oh, (laughs) Ricky, you should have known that I would be (laughs) in the lion pen. (laughs) No, it wasn't feeding time. (laughs) Well, it is true that I like to stay in the shadows until it's time to pounce. Come on, Ollie, let's go. Hey, Ricky. Hey, Uncle Chip. Is that uh, bartender fella your new boyfriend? No, Uncle Chip. He's my friend. That's all. Well, why are you hanging on his arm the way a coon hangs on a log? We're just friends, Mr. Chip, uh, for now. I-, I mean, not that I'm going to stop <laughs> being friends with her or, or anything. Uh... I'm fine, Uncle Chip. The only one to worry about is my stalker back here, the king of the jungle. <laughs> hey, Jungle Boy, you fixing to bother my Ricky? Maybe if she's bothered by the idea of a candlelit dinner. Young fella, looks like my Ricky ain't too keen to talk to you right now, but you know what? I'm keen to talk to you. Let me tell you about fly fishing. There's four kinds of bait you can use to fly fish. Bye, Uncle Chip. Oh, well, here we are at Hrothgar's Hall, Ricky. I better go in. My shift's about to start. I'm still afraid that second-rate Simba is somewhere out there prowling around. Well, well, why don't you come in and sit at the bar for a while? I know you're 19, but Mr. O'Reilly wouldn't mind if he knew the circumstance. Thanks, Ollie. I can't stand that little jerk. My ears are burning! Um, Mr. Q. Seltzer, how'd you get here ahead of us? Well, Ollie, no sooner had I left you two than Mr. Huntington drove up in his Cadillac, started yelling something about, uh, Chastine this and Chastine that. <laughs> it seemed like he and Chip wanted to talk alone, so I made my exit and ran, 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 <laughs> where I knew I'd be most wanted. Uh, uh, Ricky, here, why don't you sit down at the bar and Mr. Q. Solster, I can find you a booth. Look here. What, uh, there's a booth here at the end of the hall. You see over there? Oh, Ollie, Ricky doesn't want me to shout sweet nothings to her from way over there. No, I don't, Freakazoid. Uh, what are you up to anyway, Mr. Q? Well, uh, my best friends, Jake and Nathan, sent me on a mission to see how people feel about this Gospel Coalition article that the First Church of Sanityville was sharing today on their, their podcast. If I tell you what I think about this article, will you promise to shut up and go away? I can promise that you won't want me to. Uh, Mr. Cusel, sir. Uh, ben, I think maybe this would be a good time for you to leave. Oh, Holly, Holly, and leave you two alone in this dimly lit building? Oh, I'm surprised at you. I'm going to lay eyes on your article, and then you're going to hit the bricks. Oh, let me look at that too, Ricky. Who's Paul McCartney? I think he was a beach boy or something. Well, okay, Seltzer. I checked out your article. (laughs) That makes two of us checking something out. Oh, are you absolutely serious, Mr. Q. Seltzer? What'd you think of the article, uh, Rickster? Look, I don't know who this Paul McCartney is, but this sounds like the kind of thing my mom would say, like, after every movie ever. Like... The reason my mom wanted to watch the BBC Pride and Prejudice 4,052 times is not at all because Mr. Darcy looked sexy coming out of that lake. No, sir. It was because Mr. Darcy was a type, a figure, a redeemer, a savior. 
my mom could make anything spiritual just by throwing her pixie dust on it. Like, do you know what a prayer pillow is? Neither do I, but my mom sure did sew them for us when I was five, and I sure did have to say the little prayer that was stitched there in gold before I put my head down on it at night. Because that's a thing, right? That's a rule somewhere? In the Bible? I sure thought it was until I was 14 or something. It's like those boys and girls from whatever church that you see downtown shoving their little scripture flyers in your hands, whether you want them to or not. Like, you can be a Christian, okay? But maybe the world would be a better place if more Christians just shut up and stop trying to shove their faith down people's throats. You make a really good point. And believe me, I sympathize completely. Look, when I was a boy, I often... Listen, Ricky, I don't know how else to say this, so I'm just going to say it to you. You resented something fierce when everyone goes interpreting you through the lens of your mother. So why would you go interpreting everybody else through that same lens? Whoa, Ollie, Ollie, I think you, you went a little far, my friend. You're getting pretty personal with young Miss Ricky here, and, uh... You know what, Seltzer? Ollie is my friend. Ollie has the right to be personal. You don't. You have no rights, and you need to leave. Oh. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm sorry I'm not, you know, deep and wise enough for you. Uh, now, Mr. Q. Seltzer, I've been thinking about this here article, too, and I I don't know exactly what to think, but I want to hear what your thoughts are. Um, well, I'm, I'm really glad you asked, Ollie. Actually, I'd like to get your thoughts, your deep and wise thoughts. I went to First Church of Sanityville, and the guys there think I'm cool, and they're cool. And they made a great case for why this article is worth having around. And, and then I ran into some guys who said the article didn't have anything about hell or depravity, and that made it totally stupid. Well, that's kind of short-sighted, ain't it? Not everything has to do everything all the time and always be about hell and sin and stuff, but I mean, that's just like, obvious. Oh, for someone as deep and wise as yourself, I guess so, Ollie. And then, of course, our Ricky here didn't like the article because... Well, what about that first argument from the guys at First Church, Mr. Q. Sulcer? Oh, yes, that. You'd like to hear about that, would you? Well, that was the one that got me thinking. It's all rather complicated, Ollie, and that's no lie. Uh, tell you the truth, this article just seems kind of dumb somehow. I mean, I don't think... I mean, carpool karaoke can't really have anything to do with the gospel, can it? Well, Ollie, it turns out the guys at First Church of Sanityville are really cool. I think I told you that already. And they have great taste. And they started talking about how Jesus was humble. And he spoke to the people in language they could understand. But he used simple little parables, not not carpool karaoke. Well, Ollie, he used a language people back then would understand. Kind of like when I talk with you, I try to use language you'll understand. And the language that they understood was agricultural, but today we live in an entertainment culture. And so if we're going to share the gospel, we have to reach people where they're at. Kind of like, I've got to reach you right where you're at, Ollie. Uh, yeah, well, I I guess so, but something still seems kind of off about it to me. Oh, Does it, Ollie? What about the Psalms, Ollie? King David is always comparing God to this or that. So are you saying you're against comparisons and metaphors, things like that? Or don't you like the Psalms? Do you read the Psalms, Ollie? I like the Psalms, of course. I like the Psalms. I read the Psalms. Oh, good, 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 Ollie. Paul used an idol to begin his sermon to the people of Athens. Remember that? You're saying the Gospel Coalition can't use Paul McCartney, even if Paul can use an idol? So what makes this different than that? Well, I... I, I, I don't exactly know. Ollie, Ollie, 
Listen, maybe you better think about things a little more before you criticize him, buddy. The Gospel Coalition was founded by pastors and elders, respected men, theologians, Tim Keller, Albert Moeller, John Piper. Now, do you, are you a man like those men? Well, I, I'm, I'm not. Not exactly. Are you a pastor? No. Are you an elder? Are you a theologian, Ollie? No. But you know the Bible like one, don't you? No, I, I'm just, I'm just a, a Christian guy. I'm just a guy. Oh, but Ollie, you are deep and wise. You can judge men like Tim Keller and Al Mulder, can't you? No, I, I, uh, I, I'm just a, a nothing. Ollie, that's not true. Well, Ollie, do you have any actual reason why you don't like this article? Uh, I don't know. Uh, no, I guess not. I, I guess, I guess I just, I just don't like it. Okay. That's, that's all. Oh! I, you know, I'm disappointed because I thought that you were deep, and you were wise, and you had the answer, Ollie. No, I, I, I don't have the answer, Mr. Mr. Sulcer. I'm, I'm nothing. Oh, well that is interesting, isn't it? Interesting is not the word I would use. Oh, hiya, Bob O'Reilly. You came in after all. Oh! Mr. O'Reilly, hi. Uh, how long have you been sitting there? Well, now that is interesting. Oh, oh yes, uh, but how long, really? Oliver, my lad, has this wee man been troubling you? Uh, Mr. Q. Solzer here was just asking me some questions about this article from the Gospel Coalition, and I didn't know how to answer him. Mr. Q. Solzer? I've heard that name before. Oh, right, right. You, you probably know me from uh, self-published triumphs of the book writer's art, like uh, Power Positive no, Calvinism. No, and- I've never read your books, Mr. Soltzer, though I'm not surprised a man such as you thinks he's a writer. Now, uh, what's this business about the Popcorn Coalition? Oh, it's nothing. It's nothing, really. We, we were just chatting about an article. This article right here. Oh, that article. Yeah, right. Uh, were we talking about that? I mean... It's hard to remember exactly... Yes, Mr. Q. Sulcer. You were saying this article is a good example of how we should reach people where they're at with the gospel. Well, Alia, we... I think we talked for a while. A lot of people said a lot of things. This is a direct quote, Mr. Q. Sulcer. Let me see that thing, son. (sighs) Okay. You know, Ollie, I should clarify some. I should probably add to what I said earlier because I was, I was thinking about it a little bit more. Um, it can be kind of difficult to uh, engage with uh, cultural engagement. And I think um, the main thing about the Gospel Coalition article is that we've we got to be civil. Uh, we've got to be compassionate. Compassion. We really need to have compassion for one another pretty badly because sometimes we all make mistakes and things we say. And even if they made some mistakes and things that they said and I made some mistakes and things I said, mainly it's, it's, it's we, we've got to have compassion. We've got to be a coalition we've you know what doesn't what doesn't divide us it unites us just the other day i was talking to nathan and jake about mr Sulzer. do shut up sure sure i can shut up you mean shut my mouth stop talking i'm glad to but um you know on the other hand it's not your hand i'm worried about mr Sulzer. it's your mouth which seems to be an ever-flowing geyser of insanity and it's my ears which can bear it no longer Uh, mr q solster is just kind of being Mr. Q. Sulcer, Baba O'Reilly. Yes, Oliver. I'm afraid you're right. But if you please, I'll show you the proper Christian response to this article. Fetch me an ashtray. Mr. Sulcer, do you have a match? 
Oh, uh, Mr. O'Reilly, I, I do. Sure, of course, here you go. Uh, but this is really no time for a cigarette, is it? And I, I, I feel it's my duty to inform you that smoking can be hazardous to your health and you... I wouldn't expect you to smoke, Mr. Q, Saltzer. After all, you are a very righteous man. Well, uh, yes. Uh, oh, you're you're burning the article. <laughs> He's burning the article, Ricky. Mr. O'Reilly, will you tell Seltzer to stop narrating all over me? Erica, you don't have to worry about Mr. Seltzer anymore. Ever again. Did you hear that, Mr. Seltzer? Uh, yes, I, I, I heard that. Furthermore, Mr. Seltzer, please refrain from bringing any more refuse by the Gospel Coalition or First Church of Sanityville into my bar. Oliver, I'll not have you give another thought to this. Y- you don't think there's anything to it? I mean... Oliver, I've never seen such people as the Gospel Coalition for using a multitude of words to say worse than nothing. They'll take any vain or silly bit of nonsense from this world, and instead of just enjoying it for a few moments like the rest of us, they try and baptize it in the name of Jesus. But Christ didn't send out his apostles to baptize carpool karaoke? No, 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 it's nonsense at best and blasphemy at worst. The things of God are holy, and good Christians don't demean them by mixing them up with trifles. Oh, yeah, you make some good points, Mr. O'Reilly, sir. Good points. Now, Mr. Q. Solcer, you said it's not about baptizing carpool karaoke. You said it's about reaching the common man. The common man? What do those... What do those ghouls know about the common man? Have they ever met one? If they ever wanted to meet a common man, they could leave their ivory towers and their words and come to work here. We need a new busboy, don't we? Perhaps you'd like the job, Mr. Seltzer. Oh, yeah, right. No, that's a great idea, Mr. O'Reilly. I see what you mean. The common man is, you know, that's what I am. and That's what we all are right here. Look, if Ollie thought I was saying something different than what you just said, I just want to clarify. Mr. Seltzer, you said the Gospel Coalition was reaching the common man in the same way that King David does when he compares God to earthly things in the Psalms. And the same way Jesus does when he compares God to earthly things in the parables. Oh, did, did I say that? Mr. Sulcer, listen very carefully. You read the Psalms and you see the great poet David racking his brain for things, great and small, the most poignant things he can think of, to give us some picture of the power and grace of God Almighty. You read the parables and you see Jesus using all manner of things to do the same. Now you have that on the one hand, and on the other hand you have the Gospel Coalition, shrinking God down to the size of one of our earthly bubbles. And why? Because they operate under the delusion that, because people happen to like bubbles, if we can just convince them that Jesus is like unto a bubble, maybe they'll like him too. I mean to say, how worldly, how cynical, how bankrupt of all faith you must be to think that to attract people to the King of Kings you have to dress him up as a beetle. Oliver, if you can't tell the difference between those things, you're a lad of considerable less sense than I take you for. And as for you, Mr. Sulcer... Yeah, I just... uh, No, no, no. Keep your mouth shut. No need to say anything. We won't understand it anyway, as no one here speaks stupid. I'd advise you, sir, not to afflict the consciences of the people under my care. Ever. Ever again. I'm... I'm sorry. I'm I'm really sorry. I... I I didn't... Uh... I... I didn't... Mr. O'Reilly, I don't know that I've ever seen you so angry. Oliver, you've never seen me angry. Mr. Seltzer, go ahead and get along now, son, and come back again soon. I trust you'll make a better impression then. Yes, sir. What you smiling for, Ricky? That was hardcore, y'all. I I mean, that was cool or whatever.
Hey, Jake, uh, just got a phone call from Ollie down at Hrothgar's Hall. Yeah, how's uh, Ollie doing? Well, kind of unloading about our, our good uh, mutual pal, Mr. Q Solser. Oh, dear. Q ends up at Hrothgar's Hall with Ollie and, you know, the the, the oldest Rose Bloom girl. The, yeah, uh, uh, er- Erica. Erica. She's there. So, you know, Q and the ladies, he goes after... And she's just not having it because yeah. that's the way she is. Right. Q Sulcer got really nasty. He, okay, he went yeah. after Ollie. And of course, what does he have but that stupid article from the Gospel Coalition. So he so weaponizes that. he's going to try thing. to... Be brutal with Ollie. We probably shouldn't have sent him to the Popcorn Coalition. I think they may have given him some ammunition. Oh, that was really stupid. Good news is Seamus O'Reilly. Enter Seamus O'Reilly. Saves the day. Uh, Well, the funny part is that I guess Q is like ashamed, crestfallen. Oh, I don't believe that. The the story is that the only two words he said were, yes, sir. That's that's amazing. I guess Seamus just brought down, I mean, he wasn't going, uh, doing, giving a nuanced counter argument to- Well, that's uh, not Seamus's style. Seamus just deals with people. He deals with real life. Well, it's funny because Q, of course, has heard us a million times go through articles like that, you know, point by point by point. Yeah, uh, well, sometimes- Really exposing did, the weaknesses behind the arguments. Sometimes it's helpful all, to people to sure, do that. yeah. Well, it's, but you know. most of the time, the helpful thing is just to go after the person. Mm-hmm. And that's what Seamus is good at. Uh, apparently, that's what he did with- But I can't believe it actually got through to him. I just got a text. I'll read it to you. It says, um, I'm really tired and I'll give you a call later. Whoa. I never thought I'd hear myself say this. I almost feel sorry for the guy. You're going to think I'm crazy. I think I think we should go over and see how he's doing. <sighs> yeah, well, I was going to go by Hrothgar's Hall. Thanks, Seamus, for stepping in when he did. You want to maybe do that and then hit up Solzers? How about uh, we switch that up? Is it Q first? Just in case we uh, want to end the day with a drink. Jacob, I like the way you think. What news, pastors? Everything is going as we have foreseen. Q. Sulcer has embarrassed himself and embittered his so-called friends against him, more than we could have ever dreamed. And yet his friends hold out hope for him still. How is that possible? Search your feelings, Pastor Kevin. You will know it to be true. Though they go to him even as we speak, Jake and Nathan can no longer help him. What if his emotional, spiritual deflector shields are down? And Jake and Nathan get through to him. I'm afraid his deflector shields will be quite operational when his friends arrive. What about the girl? I have a special plan for her. They will join the coalition. We are coalition. They will join the coalition. We are here to do the coalition's work. The joyful longing will flow through her. His joy shall be satisfyingly unsatisfying. She shall see the hyperfragments become unified. His His having will become longing, will become having, will become longing. Come play with us, Benny, forever and ever and ever. Sound of Sanity Today was engineered by Benjamin Solzer, produced by Nathan Alberson, executive produced by Jacob Menzel and Nathan Alberson. Until next time, stay sane.